We're workplace caregiver advocates, and we provide practical and inspirational training for working caregivers through the companies they work for. I'm Debbie Howard, and I'm a caregiver advocate, a market researcher, and a yoga enthusiast. I'm Jonathan Brody. I'm a gerontologist who has worked in global healthcare for over 20 years, launching both pharmaceuticals and devices for adults, as well as being a caregiver for my family as well. I'm Tanya Krim, market researcher, gerontologist, caregiver long distance, because my parents are in London. I'm also a coffee and chocolate lover. Our mission at Caregiver Camps podcast is to expand the boundaries of thinking around where and how companies can support their caregiving employees. We hope you enjoy this episode today. Hi, I'm Debbie Howard, your host for this episode of Caregiver Camp Podcast, and I'm here today with our guest, Karen Etkin, founder of The Geron Technologist and one of the leading lights in the growing landscape of age tech. Hi, Debbie. Thank you for having me. Just a little bit about Karen before we get started. Karen Etkin is the creator of thegerontechnologist.com, a media platform that covers the global age tech ecosystem and offers online courses through the Age Tech Academy. She was named one of the most influential people in aging by Next Avenue, and she's a public speaker and an advisor for age tech startups, investors in the longevity economy, care providers, and organizations that work on innovation in aging. As the first employee at Intuition Robotics, the startup behind LEQ, she helped build the world's first social robot that was designed with and for older adults. She also co-founded Cincy AI, a startup that developed the first and only AI solution for remote care monitoring. Karen holds an MA in Gerontology Bachelor of Science in Life Sciences, and she recently finished her first book, The Age Tech Revolution, which just came out this month. Again, welcome, Karen. I'm so happy to have you with us here today. I'm happy to be here, Debbie. Let's dive into your personal story first, Karen. Tell us how you came to be interested in gerontology and age tech specifically. So it almost happened by accident. As I was getting my bachelor's degree in life sciences at Ben Gurion University, it's a university that actually has a lot of programs in which students can be active in the community around the university. And one of those programs was with Holocaust survivors, which at the time, they were all over the age of 65, so they were all older adults. And during my time volunteering at this program, I realized how much of an impact one person could make if they were like at the right place at the right time. And it sort of drew me in. And after I graduated, I decided to go work in community services for older adults and get my gerontology degree. And the interest in technology, I guess it was always there because I'm a millennial and we're like the first generation of digital natives. So I grew up with technology. And the thing that struck me when I was working in nonprofits was that while we were doing impactful work and each and every person that was impacted by what we were doing was impacted for the better, we weren't maximizing the potential. We weren't scaling. It was, it's impossible to scale when your whole operation depends on people. Yes. And so when I got the offer to join Intuition Robotics as their first employee, there was no saying no to that because here was an opportunity to actually take a solution and scale it and potentially make an impact on the lives of millions of older adults. I love your story. And, and I also love the idea of the impact that one person can make. 
if they're in the right place at the right time. And, and so what a great thing that you had that opportunity early in your career. Absolutely. I'm very lucky. So, Karen, as we start to move past the pandemic and towards the new world, what are your observations about the digital transformation that we've all experienced collectively? So, as I'm sure all of you already know and feel it in your day-to-day -day life, our society is going through this digital transformation in the past few decades. More and more services are transitioning from uh, in-person to online, right? Uh, banking, shopping, anything, basically. And the pandemic has definitely accelerated this trend. And I think at the end of the day, when I look at the impact the pandemic had on the older population, yes, millions of lives were lost. And of course, it's a tragedy. However, the silver lining is that we saw an uptick in tech adoption among older adults that is probably something that we could only have hoped would happen in five years down the line. And it happened like that in a year. And mm -hmm. on top of that, suddenly everyone realized that having older adults connected and online wasn't a luxury, it's a necessity, right? You can't live in modern society without a device that's able to have an internet connection in your home, right? You can't get vaccine appointments without an internet connection. That's so right. your life may depend on, on your digital literacy. And um, so governments and nonprofit organizations are starting to take action and really make sure that all of our older adults have the digital literacy they need and have the access to internet and the access to devices. So we see we've, we've had nonprofits like Oats working on it for years, but suddenly because of the public awareness, there is like this huge momentum that we just need to take advantage of to continue to connect everyone like it's until 100% of society is online. Yes. Well, we certainly have seen huge uptake. And, and I know that one of the things that you often say is that older adults are much more digitally savvy than many times we might think they are. Can you say a few words about that? Absolutely. So a common misconception that I really try to debunk is that older adults don't want to use technology. This is absolutely not true. I mean, you don't have to, you can look at obviously of the, on the Pew research and you can look at the ARP research to show that the numbers have been steadily going up in recent years. But you can also look to your left and look to your right and you will see older adults with smartphones tapping at their screens, scrolling Facebook, just like everyone else. So that's the reality of it. And what this means is that suddenly there is this whole new market that has opened up in recent years. So entrepreneurs are more than welcome to try to create solutions that older adults might want to buy because they do have a tremendous spending power, right? If we look at the longevity economy, it's estimated at like trillions of dollars and tech spending amongst older adults is in the hundreds of billions of dollars. So why not create tech-enabled products and services that will bring value to their lives so they will want to buy them? Absolutely. And I know it's so interesting to think about looking to your left and right. You can do that anywhere, anytime, and you can really see that. And I, I also heard that Facebook's audience is, at least in the States, quite a bit older now than it was, say, five years ago. 
So baby boomers are, are I think they're the fastest growing uh, demographic on Facebook. Mm-hmm. So definitely Facebook is the, probably the number one social media platform for older adults. But you can also see older adults being active and becoming influencers on TikTok and on Instagram. Oh. Um, so we have older influencers now. And I think that is such a blessed thing to have in our society because we're like getting to a point where media representation of older adults isn't just dependent on traditional media, which is usually ageist. We can also look into social media and see older influencers and see people like Cindy Gallup, for example, telling it like it is and and showing the world what an older woman looks like, behaves like, talks like, which is spoiler alert, however she likes. (laughs) (laughs) Spoiler alert. Yeah, yeah. We're going to talk a little bit about the impact on care receivers and caregivers in a moment. But before that, can you just give me like the top two or three trends that you're seeing in age tech for 2022? This is such a great question. Well, I think, first of all, the number one trend, um, and this isn't something new, it's been something that's been sort of happening for the past few years. We have multiple tech companies using virtual reality and augmented reality to tackle the different challenges of aging. So whether that's loneliness, rehabilitation, memory care, or even just boredom, we have multiple tech companies using VR and AR for those particular use cases. And now with uh, all the hype around the metaverse uh, that uh, Mark Zuckerberg has created just a few weeks ago, we suddenly see more interest in this space. So I, I think, A, the startups that are already working in the space will definitely take off and we'll probably see more and more startups working on creating metaverse type of experiences for future generations of older adults. Uh, so mm-hmm. experiences that are more immersive. Imagine for a minute if you were an older person and your family lives two states away, which could happen in the United States, and you only see them twice a year. And currently you're using Zoom to chat with your grandchildren. How wonderful will it be when I'm older, for example, and the metaverse is already a reality, that I can be sitting in my living room and have my grandchildren sitting in in their living room and it feels like we're in the same room. Right, right. How cool would that be? So I think we'll definitely see more companies working towards making the metaverse happen. We'll definitely see more companies uh, or acceleration in the like the whole autonomous vehicle space. That's a trend that's also been happening for the past few years. Mm-hmm. We see major, major car companies working on autonomous vehicles. We see companies all around the world work, uh, working on mass transportation that's autonomous. And that's definitely something that's going to be beneficial for all adults because at a certain age, people might no longer be able to drive themselves safely. Mm-hmm. And that is definitely puts a dent in, in their independence. And that's one. And the third thing co- relates to the topic of our discussion, Debbie, is we suddenly have more and more attention uh, on caregivers, right? Mm. So suddenly the Biden administration this year uh, put a spotlight on the, on the caregiving crisis, that we have all over the world. It's not just an American problem. And we have organizations like uh, Pivotal Ventures, uh, which is Melinda Melinda French Gates' company, for example, saying that if we want to create more equitable society for women, we must handle the caregiving crisis. It can't wait. It needs to happen right now. So what they've done 
part of what they're doing is that they've partnered with Techstars, for example, to start the Future of Longevity Accelerator to create tech-enabled products and services for older adults and for family caregivers. Because once you serve older adults, once you make technology that tackles the challenges of aging, you're basically making life easier for family caregivers who mm -hmm. are so overburdened, overwhelmed, stressed out. The last thing they need is another task on their to-do list, another prescription to pick up, another ride schedule. And we can automate all of that. We can already do it. It's just not accessible for older adults. It's not accessible in rural communities. So there's a lot of technology that's available, but also a lot of work to be done still. Okay. Well, that's music to my ears. All of those trends, especially the third one, which leads right into um, my next question. So at corporate caregiver camps, we are focused on supporting employee caregivers who care for their aging loved ones. So they're working full time while they are caregiving at home. And that's about 80% of every workforce, because most caregivers actually work full time. And I think many of us forget that. And like with watching digital literacy uptake, we can look to our left and right, wherever we are, and we can find people who are actually supporting their parents and their aging loved ones with lots of at-home support. So I, I know that Age Tech Solutions can help all types of caregivers, but how do you think Age Tech Solutions can help companies in particular in supporting their employees who are also serving as caregivers? This is such a great question. So I think many of the Age Tech Solutions that are currently available today that are designed for consumers can definitely be beneficial for family caregivers. Um, I wanna give you an example. Like probably the most obvious example uh, off the top of my head is the Alexa Together service that has been launched very recently. So they are basically using Alexa devices that are available in hundreds of, hundreds of millions of households already to enable family caregivers to remotely care for their older loved ones. So you can drop in on them, you can set reminders, you can even get a fall detection sensor. Of course, you have to pay extra for that. And if a fall has been detected, it will alert emergency services, uh, right? So that's one thing. And what employers can do is actually, first of all, provide the knowledge that these solutions exist. I, I give talks from time to time to an audience of, of family caregivers. And I don't think there has been one time uh, that I didn't get feedback after the talk of, wow, we didn't know all these solutions exist. Mm. So while it's true that, that there are so many solutions out there, currently the companies that have the resources to spread the word are the big tech companies. So you will only hear about the Amazon Alexa of the, of the world. You won't necessarily hear about companies that provide smart home technology for older adults and care coordination apps for family caregivers and knowledge platforms for caregivers. You won't know about those companies because they don't have billions of dollars to mm. spend on marketing mm -hmm. and ads. That's a good point. Uh, so what employers can do is they definitely can provide access to resources. That's the number one. And then if they're able and willing to finance resources, that's even better, right? Why not get a subscription for a care coordination app for your employees as a gift? Because you know that they are caregivers and they will, you know, it will probably help with retention, right? I, Absolutely. Who wouldn't appreciate such an employer? Mm -hmm. So 
I guess access to resources and financing are like probably the top two things, but also like just acknowledging the fact that people can be caregivers, like people who aren't parents can still be caregivers and it's, it's okay, it's legitimate. We all wanna be there for our aging parents. We shouldn't have to feel as though we're letting our employer down because we had to get off work early to take mom to see the doctor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I think that's one of the big things that we're seeing the pandemic has helped with is raising that awareness. And obviously, in, in my opinion, we're still in the middle of the curve. <laughs> we're not over the hump yet, but I think we're seeing a lot more acknowledgement these days of the burden of the duty of care is what I like to call it. And it does it does take a lot of extra time and, and employees shouldn't have to feel bad that they have to go take care of a loved one. That That is part of life. Absolutely. Yeah. We shouldn't have to choose between like staying employed and caring for our old loved ones. Like we should be able to do both. It's yeah. part of life, like you said. Yeah, absolutely. So Karen, we're all super excited to hear about your new book. The Age Tech Revolution, a book about the intersection of technology and aging. Tell us about some of the challenges you ran into while you were writing the book. I guess the number one challenge, which luckily I didn't have to face myself, was <laughs> figuring out all, all the logistics around <laughs> getting a book produced. I, didn't, I, had, I had no idea how many professionals were involved. And I was very, very fortunate to be connected to my publisher, New Degree Press, which handled all of that. That was like a, a main challenge that I was very worried about. And since they, they handled all of that, it really allowed me to focus on writing and about creating a, a quality book. And I guess the, the second challenge is deciding that it is done. Right. I'm right. very, I'm very familiar with writing. I've been writing for, for several years now and, but I've only written online. So mm. nothing is set in stone, right? If you write a blog post and there's a typo, you go and fix it. Not like no fuss. Uh, however, when you print hundreds of copies of your book, <laughs> if I find a typo, I haven't found one yet, but if I find a typo, that's like, it's the end of the world. Right. Um, so that's, I guess that's, that's the Thing that I had to overcome and my editor just flat out told me we're gonna find a typo in your book after it's printed that's just the way it is yep, um, yep. and there are gonna be things that you will want to change after you're done like you're never gonna be happy with the end result because you're mm -hmm. a perfectionist but yeah I'm super I'm super happy with it I'm super fortunate to to have had the support that I've had and to also have had the support from from the age community um, Debbie is one of my biggest supporters, so I'm very, very fortunate to, to have had the support from the HTEC community and to have such a successful crowdfunding campaign. We got about we got about 200 copies pre-ordered. That was sort of the wind beneath my wings that really helped me push through the the last mile of production, Great. like hand, handling all all the tiny last details to really get the book to print. Well, well, that sounds great, and it, and it makes me smile to think about that typo that gets away because I've I've been bitten by that as well, <laughs> and it's not fun to read your book after it's printed and find a typo or two, but you will, and you'll get over it, right? Because you just have to, and then you fix it, fix it next time. It's fine, and I think people are quite forgiving about that as well. I think we all we all know that, so. 
Um, <laughs> it can't be helped. So Karen, tell me three key takeaways from your book, because I'm really excited about reading it. It's, it's just great to see it all in one place. Sure. So I guess the number one takeaway is that I think we're at this pivotal moment in time where we have the opportunity to really shift the trajectory of what our aging will look like. So when mm -hmm. we look at like the, the year 2050, that's like the next threshold when we'll have 2 billion people over the face of the earth that are over the age of 60. I'm going to be one of those people, right? Mm -hmm. And when I look at how I want to age, I'm not sure that the way our society is currently structured is ideal for 2 billion people over the age of 60. There's a lot we need to change. And we're, we're at a critical moment in time where we can change it, where we have an opportunity to really create the technology that will serve us 10, 20, 30 years down the line. So the, the main takeaway is that we have this opportunity right now, this, this ecosystem, while it's amazing and growing, it's still pretty much a blue ocean, right? We have mm -hmm. so many aging related challenges that aren't met or, or that there aren't being met sufficiently. So that's one. The second is obviously that older adults do want to use technology. They just need something that brings value to their lives and makes them feel good about themselves and helps them achieve their goals rather than stuff that is ugly and makes them feel bad about themselves, make them, makes them feel old and frail. And the third thing is that we can all participate in the age tech revolution, right? It's not just for tech founders. It's not just for venture capitalists. It's not just for um, product designers. It's also for older adults who can participate in co-design and can participate in uh, creating some of these solutions. Most of the tech companies, most of the age tech companies today understand that they, they have to include older adults in the design process and they have to include family caregivers. It's just a matter of, of finding the right people to include. So it's definitely a revolution that we all need to participate in. So older adults, family caregivers, elder care professionals, definitely, definitely governments and nonprofits have a place. And I've I've dedicated a chapter in the book for how these organizations that aren't perceived as very technologicals can chip in and are chipping in. I guess my point is that it's a, it's a joint effort and we can all participate. We can all help push forward this revolution and, and really make sure that the world that we will grow old in will be better than the world that my grandparents are currently growing old in. I love that, Karen. And, and we are at a critical point right now. And it's great that the prolonged pandemic has pushed the acceleration of digital adaptation. And, and I also, I love the, the point you made about we are at a critical point in time and we can change it because the year 2050 is not that far away, but there is just enough time. And, and also that older adults can take part in that in that change and in that revolution. Yeah, we're very, very excited about reading your book. And I'd like to let our listeners know that you should look for Karen's book at her website, thegerintechnologist.com. You can also download her free PDF there of the Age Tech Ecosystem Market Map, which shows you all of the different companies that are involved in the different areas of aging and providing technological support for aging and caregiving. Honestly, Karen, so, so happy to have you here with us today. 
we appreciate all the gems you've shared and all that you do in the landscape of supporting aging populations and their caregivers with age tech products and services. As fellow advocates in improving aging and caregiving ecosystems for the better, we understand the huge challenge for companies, for society, and for governments worldwide. This is a challenge that requires long-term commitment and frankly, inputs from many different perspectives. Considering the magnitude of the challenge, we're asking each of our amazing guests to share one tip for our listeners. So Karen, what's your tip for us today? I guess my tip is for caregivers. It, there are technological solutions out there for you. I know they're not easy to find, but obviously feel free to reach out to your local agency on aging. They might be familiar with local solutions, but also head over to thegerontechnologist.com. There is always a dedicated caregiving section on the HTEC market map. So there's a box that says for caregivers. Those technologies are for you. So definitely head over, check it out. I update it on a regular basis. So it's, it's never updated and always there for you. Thank you so much, Karen. And that's great to know because as you said, it's not just the big companies that we know who have a lot of funding and can get their promotion out there, but there are also many, many startups and smaller companies providing really, really interesting solutions these days. Absolutely. So thank you again for joining us today, Karen. The world of aging, age tech, and caregiving, even in the workplace, is definitely a better place with you in it. Together, we've got this. Thank you so much, Debbie. It's been an absolute pleasure. And I'd like to let our listeners know that you should look for Karen's book at her website, thegerontechnologist.com. You can also download her free PDF there of the Age Tech Ecosystem Market Map, which shows you all of the different companies that are involved in the different areas of aging and providing technological support for aging and caregiving. Honestly, Karen, so, so happy to have you here with us today. Thanks so much for joining us today. This is Debbie Howard. This is Tanya Krim. And I'm Jonathan Brody. We are the hosts of Caregiver Camps podcast. Please feel free to share our podcast and consider joining us for new perspectives in creating more productive, caregiver-friendly workplaces. Come visit us at caregivercamps.com to learn more about how we can help your company. Thanks so much for listening. See you next time at Caregiver Camps podcast.